DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now Pay Later, prom- pay later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best Estate Award winner, Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. David, good morning. Well, hello, DJ. How are you? Good. You know your weekly interview is brought to us by the folks at Murdoch and the Murdoch Auto team, right? I do. And do you know what the incredible things the Murdochs are doing is that they're not increasing MSRP despite car shortage because Blake Murdoch told me he didn't want to walk into a grocery store or go to church and see somebody gouged on pricing. Well, then don't go to a grocery store or go to church and you got it covered. That's right. Pretty (laughs) impressive. Got to like like loyal Utah people. He just blew right through you right there, PK, but I got it. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> so, David, two games down, two to go here in the preseason. Clearly, the Jazz are resting most of the starters, many of the key guys we've come to see in the rotation, or in the case of Rudy Gay, expect to be in the rotation. Uh, you've seen a little bit of those guys, but it really does seem like they're playing guys to find out who should be in the rotation inevitably when Mike Conley doesn't play back-to-back, the 15 to 20, 25 games we know he won't play in. Inevitably, someone else will get hurt, and they got enough guys who can slide around and play multiple positions. they got some flexibility trying to figure out, okay, who goes into the rotation? Many of us think we know the answer, but maybe you have the same answer, or maybe you have a different answer. What do you think? What's your answer? Butler. <laughs> um... He goes in wire in the rotation. Well, I mean, it depends on who's missing and who else they've got. You know, do they go down? Uh, they, they've got three guys who initiate the offense and do it at a pretty high level. If they're missing one of them, I think he goes in. If they're missing two of them, there's an argument for Forrest going in. Why is uh, that? It depends. Explain that to me. He's got more experience running the offense, and they think he'll do it more consistently under pressure at a higher level. Butler's newer to the game, and they don't want to throw that on him right away. Or maybe um, they do, which is why I asked you, and you won't answer the question. You're trying to interview yeah, me. Yeah, what do you think? Well, so, I mean, Butler and Forrest are, are both have been playing really well and are and I think are really interesting, but they're completely divergent in skill sets. So if you take Forrest offensively, you can get kind of where he needs to on the dribble with power and strength, particularly using his hip and his – in his shoulder strength, he's not a good outside shooter. He sees the floor, passes well, and is seeming to be a pretty good defensive player. Uh, Butler gets to where he wants to with craftiness on an open floor, spaced floor that might be really advantageous to him in the NBA over college. He um, is a really good shooter, it seems, and better have a really good defensive big behind him from what I'm seeing defensively right now. Um, so they're very different in what they do. So there could be an argument that depending on the matchup, but I think if there's multiple ball handlers on the floor, Butler's ability to shoot is advantageous because if you know Mike Conley or Joe Ingles is going to have the ball in their hands and you space Trent Forrest, that's not great. Um, but if you space Butler, they probably have to react or at least he can take advantage of it. Um, I, I think there's... I think there's an interesting question of, like, who's taking the George Niang role until Rudy Gay comes back. To me, that's the most interesting one right now. Is it Eric Paschal, 
Is it Joe Ingles with Jared, them going small and Ingles slides down and Jared Butler plays those minutes? Is it Elijah Hughes gets some minutes and Joe Ingles slides down? Is it Mioni gets some minutes and Joe Ingles slides down? Is it Trent Forrest and Joe Ingles slides down? I think that's Pascal is the is the seemingly most intu- logical, but you know he's a thirty percent career three point shooter, and that particularly that second unit was so great last year because it took 53% of its shots as threes. And it just came up and played fast and bombed and let it rip. And, well, what happened, you know, is that something that you can actually still do if you don't have four three-pointers, three-point shooters on the floor? Or do you have to have a good fourth three-point shooter on the floor? Do some of these guys, Butler included, can do they have to be on the floor only when certain other guys are on the floor, or is it interchangeable? Well, you know, if we're just talking about Butler and Forrest, like we did a moment ago, Forrest is much more productive if he has the ball in his hands. That's what we saw when Mike Conley was out and what we saw in Summer League because he's not a floor spacer, whereas Butler from, you know, no different than most, but he's not very big, and I haven't seen him – I haven't seen, I think he was all Big 12 defense, but I, I have, you know, that's about as irrelevant a sentence when it comes to coming to the NBA as there is. And I haven't seen, you know, it takes real time. I haven't seen him yet be able to grasp the NBA defensively. So I'm going to assume that he better be on the floor with a pretty good defensive big. Like from what I've seen out of Butler, you're not going small, spreading the floor and saying, hey, you know, guard your yard yet. I don't, I don't think he can do that yet. So I am assuming that most of the guys who aren't playing aren't playing by choice of proven commodities. Quinn pointed out a couple of the guys are winning Olympic medals over the summer. So so rest guys, but Bogey's got a shoulder. How much do people worry about that, and how much is it? Well, it's preseason, so he's got to mess with it, but he'll be out there night one. Yeah, I mean, talking to Bogey, he seemed unfazed by it. So isn't that great that I can actually say that? Um, last week, last year, if you'd asked me that question, I was like, I don't know. Um, talking to Bogey, he seemed, he seemed unfazed um, and, and not bothered. And it's not as though it's like hurting him so much he's not running or not doing. I mean, he's, he's actively involved until there's contact. And so I think, you know, if he was not shooting or not running or, you know, something of that sort, I, I think there'd be some concern. But I, I haven't seen, didn't see anything of that sort. Um, you know, our top seven guys are our top seven guys again. Our eighth guy is not available. And our ninth guy is playing the most limited role he's ever played in his, in his career. And probably in Hassan Whiteside and it doesn't, and may not actually be relevant for him to play and, and to do that until he actually takes that role and figures it out. So preseason, a three week preseason, which almost has three little stints to it. It's not like the fact that we basically, I, I feel like they start training camp today. We took yesterday off. Like training camp starts today. You've got ten days till your opener. You go for two or three days. You play a game. You might play your guys in both of them. I would suspect to some extent you get them used to at least their eight, nine, ten minutes on the floor. If you've noticed, like the rotation so far, all the guys have played their normal runs. They're not. They're not playing the third and fourth quarter, but they're playing their normal streak of time when they're on the floor. So I would suspect that you know. Like Don, I think, asked to play that third quarter the other night when he had had a bad shooting night in San Antonio just to come out and make some shots. I would suspect we probably see most of these guys play their first half minutes and maybe their opening stint to the third quarter at some point here, and you just start getting ready. 
and then you probably, you know, what? What's, I mean, I don't want to build Quinn Schneider's coaching schedule for him, but today's Friday. You practice Friday, Saturday. You probably take Sunday off. You get play a game Monday. You probably watch film Tuesday, play a game Wednesday, and then you take Thursday off. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get ready. And then you're ready. And then we go, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you actually have till Wednesday the next week. So you probably go Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday off, Monday, Tuesday. And I think we play Wednesday. Like, it's plenty of time. Like, like there's just not a lot to tell these guys at this point. So you think the rotation is set and none of these young guys can break into it? So I think the young guys can break into it in one of two manners. While Rudy Gay is out, who's playing what was, you know, that's the George Niang role. So who's playing the George Niang minutes when Rudy Gay's out for whatever it is? Is it, you know, let's just say it's, I don't have any idea, but I don't know when he had surgery. So I, I literally have no idea. Um, so what, what's, what's that run? Like, you know, is that Eric Pascal's the not the obvious you could go to Elijah Hughes. You could go to Jared Butler and go small. You could go to Trent Forrest and go defensive. Um, but that's with Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, blank and Rudy Gobert. So who's your fourth in that? The other one is there's about three or four games in the span before Rudy, go, Rudy Gay comes back where Mike Conley's going to miss. So certainly those are either Jared Butler or Trent Forrest getting some of those minutes. But the way we do that is that Joe starts, and then we don't play the same rotation. Joe runs out for a pretty good distance on that and then circles back in a different way than he does otherwise, and your lineups are a little different. But is that then let's say Jared Butler or Trent Forrest is one of them, then is the other Eric Pascal, Elijah Hughes, or Mioni? So those guys are all have an opportunity to battle for minutes um, in in those little stretches. Um, but once we're rolling, our nine is Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. What kind of if you're impact? playing a tenth? If you're playing a tenth guy, it's for four minutes at the most a half to make Mike Conley's minutes go from 31 to 28 and Joe Ingles from 30 to 27, you know, so maybe they sneak in a, you know, maybe at the most those guys get five, six minutes and a half and they play 12 minutes. That would be a lot for a 10th guy. It just aren't that many minutes to go around and our guys are good. Like, you know, you're like, it's great. We got to play a 10th guy, but you're playing then every, every minute you play your 10th guy he's playing instead of someone who's better than him. So you've got the uh, end of the roster. They want to make sure that they keep the right guys, let the right guys go. Is there any debate there? Because you always hate to be on the wrong end of the Joe Ingles career arc. Yeah, I mean, we have a two-way position that's open. Um, and if I, 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 I hesitate here because I need to make sure I have it correctly, but I, if I understand two-way, it's different this year. It's 80 games between the two of them. So Trent Forrest, I believe, is one of our two-ways, and he'll probably spend a lot of those 80 games – in the NBA this year, and then your other guy can use this whatever the other. Now, what gets interesting is let's say you use Trent Forrest for 30 games and he plays well enough that he earns himself a roster spot and you bump him up. Well, then you still have 50 games left and you have a new guy. You'll never run out. So I think actually running out of your 80 games is unlikely, particularly because then you can just, ro- you know, you roster move them. Um, so we have an open two-way spot. Right now, that kid Malik Fitz, who, you know, from on the measurements is 6'8", 220. He's certainly big. I'm not sure he's 6'8". 
Um, looked really nice. He made four out of five threes. I'm pretty certain he's not an 80% three-point shooter, but at St. Mary's, he did make 40% of his shots, and he's a COVID draft, um, which I think is important. Those guys, I think, got lost in the mix, so he goes undrafted in the COVID draft, and there's no summer league for him to show. There's no training camp for him to show, and he goes to the Aqua Caliente Clippers and I think played almost no G League in the bubble, and so, no, you know, he, he had a lost year last year, but more importantly, a lost year where any scouts get to see him. Not surprising he went undrafted. He's 23 years old out of, you know, playing three years in college in, a, in the WCC. Like, that's not surprising that that's an undrafted prospect. So, but what, you know, those are the type of guys who actually make rosters. It's just we have no idea because last year was so brutal. I mean, I think Elijah Hughes, like, I think Elijah Hughes is a rookie, too. Like, I think we have to think about Elijah Hughes and Jared Butler kind of the same way. One's the 39th pick, the other's the 40th. And, you know, Elijah Hughes didn't get a game in the bubble last year. He got no workouts. He got no training camp. He got no summer league. And then they didn't practice last year because the COVID protocols were so brutal. So the extent of his basketball last year was like three on threes against, you know, with two other G League guys against a G League guy and a coach or two, right? Like, I mean, it just didn't, it's not, like he's and he's coming out of Syracuse where they play zone and he played solely isolation. I thought his opening stint against San Antonio where he doesn't take a shot was one of the best things I've ever seen out of him. Last year, every time he touched the ball, he jacked it up because that's what he did at Syracuse and hadn't had time to adapt yet. It's not his fault. And so I thought we saw a really different player in the opening two games out of Elijah Hughes. I know everyone's you know in love with our most recent draft pick, but I really think Elijah Hughes is basically playing his rookie year right now also, and we need to let him develop. So you don't need to thank me for it, but I'm telling you something that you absolutely have to use. When Gobert makes one of his patented, stunning defensive plays, I want you to shout, Tootie Fruity, oh, Rudy! Have you been watching too many jazz commercials? (laughs) I have not. Why? Has it already been out there? No, they put together a commercial, which was really stunningly too similar to my real life and really, really well done. Um, Was it Tutti Frutti O' Rudy? With me practicing really bad lines. Um, And, like, it's me in some, like, cave that they they made really, really messy to try to look like I was crazy, and then I came home to my office and was like, wow, this looks exactly the same. You are. So, what, crazy? Yeah. I am not. I am what Rob Mm -hmm. Thomas says. The Matchbox 20 guy? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. What'd he say? I'm not crazy. I'm just a little bit unwell. Oh, <laughs> because they're so smooth. Oh, okay. But you can use that tutti frutti, oh Rudy, and you can use a Rudy Gay too because we got two Rudys this year. Yeah, and they're going to be on the floor together a lot, which is great. Super, I'm pretty excited about that. Tutti fruities, tutti's fruities, oh Rudys. DJ. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what's your, What's your next segment? <laughs> Because I think it's time for it to start. David Locke joins us every week right here on the Zone Sports Network. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Thank you, David. See ya. When we come back, as David well knows, it's a segment where you catch you up to date on everything that you missed in today's show. Turnover margin. BYU-Boise State. 
Very intriguing. B.J. Raines, Boise State B writer for the Idaho Press Tribune, had two major problems for Boise State in the game tomorrow in Provo. We will get to those as well. You and Cougar fans, both voting online on Twitter. David D.J. James, who you got Saturday. We'll get to that. All of that next. Everything you missed, including baseball, playoff, history. It's all next. Stay with us.